Shall we pray? I think we should. We should pray. <laughs> oh, Please. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And I thank you that you are the one that ordained marriage. Yeah. I thank, thank you, you for Lord. just your presence in this place. I thank you, Lord, for just your hand on each one of our lives. I thank you for your hand on Annette and I as as we just um, talk about your heart and your heart for oneness. That's it. Amen. Your heart for um, us seeing success and seeing um, greater things in our marriage relationships. So I thank you for an anointing and I thank you, Lord, for correct us where we may need to be corrected and give us vision where we need vision. Thank you, Father. Whatever has maybe happened in the past and what's gone on, I thank you, Lord, that the best days are ahead of us. Amen. I thank you, Father, for marriages that are thriving, marriages that are prospering, marriages that are increasing. Thank you, Lord. And we just thank you for your presence and your very life here. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, y'all just got seated, so but I want you to stand to your feet. Now, as we get started tonight, you know, one thing I believe by just making a statement by being here, you're determined to succeed in your marriage. Amen. That's good. Or unless your husband or your wife drug you here. No. <laughs> but e- either way, I-, I believe that you're here on purpose. That's good. And, and I believe every one of us, I don't know about you, but I, I know for, for me, I want to have a great marriage. I want to have a great marriage. I don't want to have just an okay marriage. I don't want to have, you know, 10 years go by and eh, it's, it's all right. I, I, I don't want anything in my life to be average, mediocre, or, eh, just all right. Yeah. How about you? I, I don't want that. I want, my, I want our marriage to speak of God's goodness. Amen. I want our marriage. I want people to say, you know, just, it's kind of like just in John chapter 17, where it said they'll know you by your love one for another. That's good. You know, they'll know you. They'll, they'll know me by your love one for another. And we never think of that as in a marriage. No, it's usually, it's usually the church, you yeah. know. But mm-hmm. it's, it's strong marriages will make up strong churches. And strong yeah. churches impact communities. And so as we get started today and, and we begin, I want you to turn to your, your spouse. If your spouse is here. If your spouse is here. And you need to look them in the eye. You know, maybe the you last time. You have nice time, eyes. You have nice eyes. I like your eyes. I, I like your <laughs> eyes. You know, and so, so some people, maybe this is the last time you did this is actually the day you got married. But hopefully not. <laughs> Arnold, I saw that. Just, just saw it. Just saw it. It's all good. He's right at the end. She's like, let's go. Let's go. So I, I want I want to make I want us to make declarations because faith is in our heart and it's in our mouth, yeah. and the word says that we we decree a thing and it shall be established. That's good. That's what Job says, and so I want us to decree something, and and I'm just decreeing these out of my heart. It's not something I wrote down, but um, you're not going to repeat after you're going to you're going to repeat after me when I when I figure out what I'm going to say. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, thank you, Lord. I love you. I love you. You are a gift to me. You are a gift to me. You're a treasure I choose to value. You're a treasure I choose to value. I know. I know. That God. That God. Has brought you into my life. Has brought you into my life. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. For every gift. For every gift. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. For the calling. For the calling. And I'm thankful for the anointing. And I'm thankful for the anointing. That is on your life. That is on your life. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Now give them a kiss. (laughs) And you can be seated. Probably one of the very first times we did a marriage class here, we did an exercise, something similar to that, and it was very eye-opening to me because I never had a realization. I mean, um, I believe it was Jimmy Evans had us look at each other, and he said, that person that you're married to is son of God. 
a daughter of God. It's like, yeah, that person is not your enemy. That person is not out to, <laughs> you know, not be fun. They're, they are God's child. And so it changes everything about how your perspective, when you look at them, like that's, would you talk to God's daughter that way? Would you talk to God's son that way? Well, that's who your spouse is. Isn't that good? It was like, whoa. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, and also with the same thought is also your spouse is not God. That's true. They're not They're not perfect. Um, oftentimes when, when you walk down the aisle... <gasps> I heard that. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Preach okay. it, Pastor Justin. Mm-hmm. They're not perfect. No, it's that you have we this. Aren't. You have this idea that yeah, in in my righteousness, I'm perfect. In the way that God sees me, there there's an element, but there's this walking out of this perfection. But at the same time, is if I look at my spouse as the person, when I say God. If I look at her as the person that's going to meet all my needs, right. then I'm totally setting our relationship up for failure. That's true. I'm totally setting her up for failure, and and she's setting me up for failure if she's looking at Justin and saying, Justin is going to meet all my needs. Right. Yeah. And because there's, there's, that's, not, that's not the case, because ultimately, my deepest needs need to be met by God. Amen. And and this is a gift that God's brought in my in my life. I I, want, I heard Tommy Myers and goes to church here. Heard him years ago that that when Carrie our, our life ends, we go to heaven. That she'll she, she'll know that I was chosen by God to love her like Christ loved the church. Wow. And when you look at this relationship as not anything that either side is trying to win an argument, either side is trying to dominate. You know, and I know we're not I'm not going to necessarily share things you've never heard of before. But the thing is, is if it's all about winning an argument, then that means if it's about me winning an argument, it means she lost. And ultimately you lose. And then I lose. More ways than more ways than one. But but the point Same goes the other way as well. But the point is not it's yeah. not about trying to stand your ground and not move because you think you're right. The point is, is can we bring ourselves under the submission of the heart of God? Because if I don't bring my life under the heart of God, I'll never be able to treasure the gift that God has blessed me with. Right. It's so good. It's so good. Marriage is definitely, it's, it's God ordained. It can be a beautiful picture of, of, of God's love for us as well. It's interesting. I was one of the neatest stories um, in reading Jimmy Evans's stuff, he he relates marriage to um, if you've ever been to a river, have you ever seen a, just a just a beautiful river? It's so serene. It can be so serene. It's got its you know turns and a few ripples. But have you ever seen when two rivers come together? Have you ever been where the two rivers come together? It's quite a dramatic clashing. <laughs> it could be very dangerous. There's lots of things that happen, but the longer that those two rivers run together, they're able to come back and be one smooth river again. And that's, that's kind of like what happens. You know, some of us stay clashing a little bit longer than others, but, (laughs) but you know, and, and then there's some people who stay stuck in a boulder, they stay stuck somewhere and they're, they're not able to get past it. But God has brought us together. We're better together than we are separately. And the beauty of when that river, when those two rivers merge is like nothing else. You know, it's something new when he put us together. I mean, Justin's done lots of weddings. I've done one, but that's one of my favorite parts of, of when he teaches on, on, on marriage is that it's something that has never happened before. It's two people now becoming one, something brand new. You know, your gifts and my gifts coming together better now right. because we're together. Right. So definitely a gift. Yeah. I mean, the best thing we can do for our family and our children is to, is to have a healthy marriage. I believe the best thing that we can do for our society 
in the world that we're living in and all that's going on is to have a healthy marriage. I believe the picture of of oneness needs to happen here. Yeah, oneness needs to happen in unity within the church, but there needs to be a oneness here. And I want to I look at Genesis chapter 2, and this is familiar as it pertains to marriage. Maybe these are new things that you've never seen before, but... And it said, And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. I bet he was snoring, too. I bet he, I bet he was a snorer. Yes, he was at least a my, And he slept. And he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. And then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Meaning you can't tell one from the other. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. One flesh. And they were both naked, the men and his wife, and they were not ashamed. They were one, they were one flesh. They were two, but then they became one. Something that never existed before. That's we need to be something that rises above, something that is beyond anything that our world, the natural world, the kingdom of this world, we need to be something above the way that the kingdom of this world operates. And, and with that, it takes us coming to a place where we understand that we became one the day we got born again. But yet there is this process of uh, when we got married, there's this process of, I, I put it this way. When you got born again, you made Jesus the Lord of your life. Corinthians six fifteen says you became one spirit. Yeah. It says you became one with the Lord. But yet, even though in that oneness, there's still some things that, that would pull you, try to pull you back into what you came out of. There's still some things that, even though I got born again on a, at a particular moment, at a particular time, yet all of a sudden, it didn't mean that I still didn't have to deal with old Justin. Right. There was still attitudes that I had to, what, renew my mind to. And so it's the same thing. When you became one and you made, and you became one, you became one flesh on that day that you made those declarations before God, you became one, but yet it's still the same process. It takes a, it takes a period of time to renew your mind to where you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not all about Justin. Right. It's not about what Justin wants. It's not about what Justin needs. It's not about these natural things. So why? It goes back to, I have to renew my mind to oneness. I have to renew my mind. And with that, it takes a total surrender, not just before God, but it takes a total surrender to her. It takes it in that, and that involves trust that involves. Um, and there's, when I say these things, please, it's not that I've perfected these things. Trust me. So it takes, it takes honest communication. It takes it takes um, transparency. That's a whole other class in itself. That's a whole other class. We'll, we'll get to that later this year. But <laughs> but but the point is the the thing is is you got you're you're married and you are you are here and you want a successful marriage. You you desire a great marriage. Not nobody wants anything that is just barely getting by, right? We already communicated that. But the point is, it's going to take me surrendering and sitting submitting myself in such a way where I allow oneness. Up here and up here to where not only are we one because we're married, but now we start operating as one. We start operating as one flesh. Does that make sense? But in order that to happen, it takes total surrender. It it takes dropping your guard. It It takes not trying to win the argument. But it takes total submission and total surrender. Go to Ephesians chapter five. So Is there anything you want to jump in? And no, that's say? awesome. <clears throat> it's 
these are just some familiar things, just reminding us of them. Ephesians 5, let's look at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, look at this. Husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Actually, verse 22 says, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Then husbands, love your wives. That's good. You see, there is this aspect of husbands. Our ultimate submission is to God. Because, you know, if I'm not totally submitted to God, I'm not going to be one that is going to be totally trustworthy to be followed. I, I have to be totally submitted to God. Because I'm not submitted to God. Who's she following? I, 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 she wants me. She wants you, husbands, to be submitted to God. Yeah. And knowing that, that submission to God, then it's like, whoa, okay. Then I can trust him. And so it, it takes... I it, trust it, the God in him. And then, but then in that, it's like as I submit to God, then I can, then it's submitting to each other. Mm -hmm. It's not trying to dominate one another, but it's submitting to each other. And and this is how we're going to function and flourish. This is how we're going to 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 bring a new level. This is how we're going to bring about greatness. Not trying to compete with each other, but but totally totally being submitted to God and allowing Him to work through each one of us. Right. Because. She's got gifts in her that I don't have. I've got gifts on the inside of me that she doesn't have. And so it takes the fullness of us coming together for us to totally operate in the fullness of the gifts that God has called us to be. And it is a day-to-day decision. I mean, you can't get great overnight. You know, it's like I went and worked out. Why, Why don't I have muscles? You know? You know, we expect it's not something that you do once. It's something you do over and over and over and over. It's a continual thing. It's a persistent thing of investing in your marriage and going, okay, we're not just going to go years before we ever even talk, you know, because you can have children and you can get so busy with life that before you know it, you're like, who is this person? You know, your kids move out and most Right now, most divorces happen after the children (coughs) leave the home. Why is that? And I was telling Justin, I said, we were talking about this last week or so. I said, you know, most of the time people will pay more attention to their check engine light than they will to the check engine light in their marriage. Something is going on. You know, it is not a um, duct tape band-aid fixed. You know, where a little bit of gas, a little bit of oil, and it'll keep going, and it'll keep going, and it'll keep going. But if that check engine's light has been on for a while, I mean, come on. Most men, if if your check engine light is on, you go and get a diagnostic test done on it. But if your wife or your husband says, we need to talk, you're like, oh, we'll talk later. We'll get get to it. Something's happening. But we don't pay attention to those things. And those are things that we need to be paying attention to, especially Christian marriages. Um, Many, many, many years ago, when I was in youth group, it was interesting. My my youth pastor was saying he had been on an airplane um, back when they used to feed you on the airplane, if you weren't going like 20 hours. Um, And he said he was sitting next to a man and the flight attendant had come by and she had asked, do you want chicken? You know, what would you like, the vegetarian or the chicken or whatever? And the gentleman sitting, or the man sitting next to him said, no, I'm not eating. And so my youth pastor, Monty, turned to him and said, oh, are, you know, are you fasting? And he said, actually, I am fasting. And he said, I belong to a Satanist church and we're fasting today for the destruction of Christian marriages. They take a day and fast. 
so that marriages, Christian marriages, will be destroyed. Because the enemy knows if he can destroy your marriage, he'll destroy your family. So the best thing you can do for your children is work on your marriage. It's not a one and done thing. Well, we did premarital counseling 25, 30, 50 years ago. You know, but have you talked to your wife? When was the last time you told her you loved her? When was the last time you took her on a date? Do you still pursue her? Do you still pursue him? You know, do you still get dressed up for your husband? You know, these are things that if they were important then, what makes it not, they're not important anymore? How is that? That doesn't make any sense. You know, um, Investing, And that's what you're doing today. So I know I'm talking to the choir, but I want to encourage you. We want maximum. We want to go to the highest level in every area of our lives, especially our marriages. Because that was revelation to me. How will they know that we are Christians by our love one for another? And obviously, I don't know if y'all are like me, but my thought was loving my neighbor, loving Somebody else, but this is what is gonna. Someone's like, oh, it's a given. Yeah. Yeah, we're married, so you know. You know, I love you. Yeah, it's. I prayed with you last week. Yeah, you know, but it's... and praying with one another, absolutely. This is the gift that God gave to you, and He hears from the Holy Ghost, just like I hear from the Holy Ghost. So. That's so good. Can someone say Amen? Amen, amen Pastor Annette. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You know, years ago, um, some of you may have heard me say this before, and and, uh, it was before I married Annette, and just asking the Lord about how to be the husband that has your heart. And, um, of course, this is a familiar scripture to to us. Husbands, love your wife. Like just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So husband, Justin, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And I just kept meditating on that scripture and just putting myself in it. Justin, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And, and I got quiet. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He goes, Justin, he goes... Jesus gave himself without expecting any return. Or actually, no guarantee of return. Right. He was expecting a return. But it was like he gave himself without anyone saying yes to him. Wow. But yet he died for us. Husbands, Justin, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It wasn't like, it wasn't like okay, well, I'll do this if she does this. It wasn't no then, conditions. okay, if she meets my need, then, you know what, then I'll, I'll, I'll meet her. Your needs don't mean anything. Your, mean, your, your needs are, when, you, when, I, when I said yes to her, my needs went out the window. You're like, come on, Pastor, that's not fair. No, it's, but it, it's understanding. But ultimately, when you come to a place where we submit under the word of God, all your needs will be met in the process. Yeah, that's it. He, the Bible says he perfect that's which concerns me. He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, so the thing is, is when I'm submitting myself in the right way, when I'm sowing submission in the same way, then ultimately God brings to pass everything that I have need of. That's what I see when I see that. Justin, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Then it says that he might sanctify And cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. Now, and then he he told me this. He goes, Justin, he goes, I died for the church's potential, not for its perfection. I died for its potential, not for its perfection. Why? Because he said that you might wash it, that you might cleanse it, that you might take care of it, that you might do. He died for this. And and so the thing is, it wasn't like, okay, well, I'm going to wait till they're already washed until they're already cleaned. I'm going to wait till she's already perfect. She does everything right. She cooks how I want she to cook. She does it. She does exactly what I say. She serves me the way I want to be served. No, he said, he goes, no, I died for the church's potential, not because it was already perfect. Wow. 
And so, but ultimately, when you, we honor the gifts, we honor the gifts in, in our lives, then the things that we honor thrive. That's right. It's just like you were just saying, you, you were talking about the car. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's like when you honor, the, when you take care of the, the, the yard, you take care of the car, you take care of the vehicle, you take care of all those things, then those things last. Those things are those things when you, when you when you take and you you cultivate the ground and you you uh, put the, the the fertilizer on it and you you aerate the ground and you do everything necessary to do things in the natural. Then what happens? They flourish. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when I when I submit to this relationship. But it's not just me doing everything that she wants me to do. And it's not her doing everything that I want her to do. Yeah. But the issue is, comes down to the word. That's it. It has to be first. What's God telling you? Yeah. You know, just as you were saying, we think of certain scriptures and we think of them in different ways. And they may never relate it to marriage. But how I, have about, an, I have an example yes. of that. Am I in when trouble? We first, no. When we first got married, we... Um, we spent, I guess, about that first year looking for a home. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And um, God knew what we needed. I knew what I wanted, but God knew what we needed. And I'd seen a home. We went and saw it together. It needed some work. I had no clue that this is funny. together we can't hang a picture. <clears throat> She, she didn't, she didn't, she, I, yeah. I had tools. He had no tools, but that's okay. I had a, I think I had a hammer and a screwdriver. Maybe, maybe I don't think so. But, um, but my, in my thinking, I'm like, I love this house. I love the back. You could see this pond and it was just amazing, but yes, it needed lots of work. And he told me, no, he said, no, I'm like, what? I want this house. And he's like, no. I'm like, what? I, I didn't know how to take it. It, for, it just took me a minute. It was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you've been like showing up and showing off and out. And now it's no. And, um, but you know what? I know he heard from God. And I mean, cause later on we figured out we can't hang a picture together. I mean, we were never going to fix that house. It was just not going well, to I, happen. I said, I said, I said, look at our lives. Yes. He did when do that. we have time for a fixer upper? Yeah. And I'm not we a fixer upper kind floors. of husband. I, I, as much as I'd want to be a fixer upper husband, it's just. No. Mm. You know what God gave us? A model house completely decorated and furnished. <laughs> and the pictures are still hanging in the same spot. Twelve years later, we haven't even moved one piece of furniture. I think this is the first weekend we actually bought chairs, and we're we're actually doing something together. It's like whoa! We had the, we had, but the yeah. pictures are hung. We're not moving yeah, pictures. Not moving pictures. <laughs> yeah. But it was just because it was a. She had a good idea, but in my I opinion, had to it, trust wasn't, him. it wasn't a God idea because I was like, our lifestyle doesn't yeah. permit to. I'm going to come home and I'm going to hang drywall or I'm no. going to. But I had to learn to submit. I had to trust him that he wasn't making a decision because he was wanting to be. I'm the well, boss. I didn't know. Now, at first, I didn't know anything was wrong with my with my no until. I think I didn't talk to you. Or something. No, you talked. That wasn't the issue. The okay. issue was the issue was when when we we had some other houses we were going to go look at. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, you're not going to like it anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was the attitude. <laughs> so she, well, you're not going to like it. You know, you're not going to like anything I like anyway. So it was like. Which is true. He didn't. <laughs> because did I was going by, I was, I was. God literally I had to put a house right into our lap. But I had to submit and he had to submit. We both did submit to God. You know, it was like, but then okay, all, God's going to show but us. But then if God's you look at the full, but when you look at the full picture. Um, our middle son, Ryan, they had moved a number of times and, um, I think like 15 times in how many years? It was more like 18 times, 18 times. Well, a- Andy was there. Yeah. We moved a lot. <laughs> a- a- Andy was 13 when, when I came into Andy's life. And so, 
But but uh, finally, Annette just kind of out of her heart said, all these times, Ryan and her, because she'd have, she was working two jobs, so Ryan and Andy pretty much had to move everything. Boxing. <laughs> boxing. Teenagers. Boxing. And, and do everything. And she's like, no mo, No, it's not happening. Oh, my but, gosh. But he she said, he goes, anything. Mom, I don't. I don't want to move. Are we going to stay here for? I don't want to move anymore. And she goes, the next time we move, all you need to do is take your clothes. Yeah. All you're going to have to do is take your clothes because it's going to be fully furnished. I spoke it. And so without even realizing it, and then then, then it God happened. We, we ended up stepping into a model home that was fully furnished. Yeah. They said, they said like, this price, uh, fully furnished. This price, not furnished. I asked, I offered him $1,000. It was about a $25,000 difference. I offered them $1,000 above what they said, not furnished, and they took it. And yeah. So, you know, pool table, dishes, towels, dishes, towels, oh, I mean, pictures, everything. everything you can think of. I mean, washer and dryer, everything. Yeah. All the pictures. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Because I get wanna, those pictures. Would, would, you like to, would you like to buy any pictures? We have yeah, pictures. Yeah, we have pictures now. But Do we don't know what we're going to put up after that, no. but anyway. So no, submit, have, submit I just have to my, God. My son-in-law come hang him now. So <laughs> that's right. Thank God for son-in-law. Um, oh, so we're kind of rambling now, but but the point is, the, where are we at? Submitted, <laughs> submit, submitting, submit, submitting, submitting, submit. submitting, yes, submitting. submit. That was the whole purpose of that story. I surrendered. I surrendered uh, and made the right decision. And so, the, with the submission and in, in, in scriptures that we don't necessarily always tie to marriage and mm-hmm. and. Is of course of we we've been in this one verse for all year here and there, but you know of course it's Matthew six thirty three. Mm-hmm. Seek first the kingdom of God, yeah, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto me. You know, before that scripture, Jesus speaks that scripture. He says. The Lord knows what you have need of. That's good. So good. You say, well, I, I sure I want them to know what I need, need have need of. Yeah. No, the Lord knows what you have need of. Right. The and Lord knows. We're not saying surrender is easy. No. Surrender is not easy. It's not. But it's a matter of you changing your thoughts, changing your words, going, okay, God, I... We can't just keep having this conflict where I'm not surrendering. I have to surrender. I have to say, God, I want to please you more than anything. I want to please you more than anything. And I want our marriage to honor you. So, yeah, it's a day-to-day thing of surrendering your will, your... But I want it. No, it doesn't matter. God knows what you need. Yeah. So... You know, if I... I can tell when I haven't spent the time... That I need in my personal time. I'm not talking about preparing to preach. I'm not talking about ministry. I'm talking about personal, just me and God time. I can tell when that time hasn't been enough. Because, because I'll get agitated easy. Things, will, things may frustrate me or there's things that she might say. Or there could be things where... Where I get agitated easy, and, and, and so the Lord says, says, will tell me, He goes, she's not, she's not your answer. I'm your answer. That's it. Amen. He goes, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteous, His way of doing and being right. That's and it, and it's amazing that when I bring myself in this proper position of surrender to God, how it's like all of a sudden she'll do things that she doesn't realize she's doing things or saying things or. That it's mm-hmm. like, wow. But it, it wasn't me expecting her to, to do anything. It was just, it was the fact of, you know what? And then, and then also, when I'm in that relationship with God, then I have, I can operate now because I'm submitted to him. Now I can now operate in grace. Amen. Because if I'm trying to, to make her do something, and I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to do that, and I'm trying to be the husband, I'm trying to be the father, trying to do this, trying to balance the checkbook, trying to deal with, okay, well, how are we going to pay for this? We got, this came up, and have to do a new roof, or having to do these things, and I'm trying to figure all these things out, and it's like, it's like, no, when I spend the time that I need to spend, then all of a sudden now, I can now, I tap into grace to operate to navigate and to deal with all the situations I, I, I need to deal with. 
But when I haven't spent that time, then I don't have grace for, for, um, uh, Bryn. I don't have grace. Uh, Andy, you're married now, so I don't have to worry about you, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I can have grace for, I can have grace for situations that happen in the church. I can have grace yeah. for disappointments. I can have grace for things that didn't turn out the way. Why? Because, because my focus isn't on people to meet my need. It's good. It's just, I'm totally reliant. I'm seeking first his kingdom. Yeah. But get this, when she's doing that, and now we're both operating in our grace, we can now run our race. Yeah. When I'm totally seeking him, then now I can operate in the grace. Why? Because now I'm not dependent on me. Or me. Yeah. You're dependent on him. There's there's a lot. I don't. I, there's severity in it. I'm going to say it. Um, in you being in one accord. There is. There's some severity in the decisions that you make. There's There's huge consequences if you're not. There's decisions that you can force them to make. You know, I could have put my, dug in my heels and said, no, we're getting this house. This is the house I want. Um, but there is, um, and I, the Lord brought this scripture to mind and I shared it with, um, the staff this past Thursday, but it's so good. It's in Proverbs 10 and it's verse 17 and it says, he who heeds instruction, that means obey, he who obeys and is corrected is not only himself in the way of life, okay? Because we know Jesus came to give us life, a way of life, right? We're talking about seeking first his kingdom, his way of doing things. So if you obey, you heed instruction and correction, not only are you yourself in the way of life, it says, but also you are a way of life for others. Now listen to this. And he who neglects, refuses reproof if you if you stick in your heels dig in your heels and say no i'm going to do it my way because i know it says not only himself goes astray but also causes to err and is a path towards ruin for others i heard i think it was lisa bevere that was talking about being obedient and giving total surrender, you know, in, in this relationship here and making the right decisions, where to move, what house to get, where to go, what school our children should go to. Those decisions, it has to be a unified decision because otherwise your children are going to meet other children they were never intended to meet. They're going to find wives they should have never found. They're going to marry. They're going to you're going to end up in a place where that was not God's intention for you. And then we get upset because it's not being blessed. My decision's not being blessed. What's the problem? You know, I'm giving, I'm doing, I'm doing. Okay, but let's look back at that decision that was made that God never told you to do, but you did it on your own apart from this. How many times do we get ourselves in trouble because of that? You know, even financially, Especially financially, you know, making decisions without consulting one another, without having some kind of communication. If I spend over $200, you know, talking to you about it, making a decision, do we, do you see what I'm saying? So God is constantly speaking to us and he's not, it's not always, you know, Mm -hmm. butterflies. Sometimes it's, no, we don't need to do this. You need to surrender. You need to surrender your will. You need to not do that. You need to go ahead and surrender to your spouse and their decision. And it goes both ways, you know, listening to one another. Because you don't want to make a decision outside of God's will. I mean, y'all are here. We know that everything that we do is based in the word of God. This is final authority in our lives. We can't do anything without him. If Jesus couldn't even speak without God's telling them what to say and what to do. What makes us think that we can run our marriage on our own? Yeah. You know? Right. Or our families. This is a gift to me. So every decision that we make for our family, it has to be, we have to be okay with it together. Yeah, and and not putting undue pressure on each other. Um, 
just this pressure to make a decision, or pressure to to have this, or pressure to have that, or that is just no. It's just because pressure is not. I don't believe pressure is from God. That's that's you should never make decisions. It's not that you won't make. Remember, Matt Hammond said it this way: Don't make decisions. You'll make you'll make decisions. How did he say it? Thank you, Father. Don't feel pressure to make a decision under pressure. That's good. Doesn't mean that you won't you won't have pressure. You won't have that. But don't just. Well, I'm just going to make a decision to make this person happy or that person happy or just. No, that, that's not the way to do things. Until you have peace, until we have clarity, until we have, okay, this is the direction we need to go. Yeah. And peace is a hard thing. It's not a lack of trouble. That's yeah. not true. Yeah. It's just, you know, you can have peace and everything be chaotic. There has to be peace inside of both of y'all. Peace will be your umpire every single time. Because if not, then it's like, then you look back and, well, oh, it's your fault. See, yeah. Oh, it's, it, yeah, I, I told you, it, you know. Yeah. But when you come into agreement, it's like, no, this was a decision, decision we made yeah. without putting undue pressure mm-hmm. on the other person. So good. But it's like, no, but that it comes back to if I'm putting pressure on something, if I'm putting pressure on her, she's putting pressure on me. Then the thing is, is we're not really looking to God as the source in this. Yeah, so good. In uh, Revelations chapter two, did you have anything else before? Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter two, and so these are a couple of scriptures that we we look at, but maybe never looked at it from a position of marriage. You know. Revelation chapter 2, this is the first letter to the church, and it's to the church of Ephesus, which is where we just read a little bit ago about husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. And when I was just, um, Bryn had a basketball tournament, and Annette was here, and, and, and so we were, we, I just got back this afternoon and just spent some time the last couple mornings uh, just seeking the Lord on on um, what to share, and we've communicated a little bit. We didn't know exactly what each other was going to share, but but um, this was really big in my heart. And it says this: How much you want to read, Father? And this is this is Jesus speaking. He says, "And you have persevered, and you have patience. You have labored for my name's sake, and you have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you've left your first love." Now, remember, Jesus compares the church. Right. To marriage and marriage to church, right? So he says, nevertheless, I have this against you. You've left your first love. You left your first love. Now, we all have different ideas of what our first love could be. But I'm, I'm talking about what when you first came together, when this marriage journey began... Nevertheless, I have this against you that you left your first love. Then he says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Remember. The word remember here means to call to mind, to be mindful of, to hold in the memory of. So he's saying, look, you left your first love. you're, You're leaving something out. Right. You've disregarded something. Something is no longer... If it was, if the, if this was first, then there must be something else that's now first. If you left your first love, then there must be something else that you love. I mean, there's a number of ways we could look at look this. At he says that you remember that you you have left your first love. Then he says, remember therefore from where you've fallen, <clears throat> hold in the memory of. To me, this word to hold in the memory of insinuates concern and value. Do you remember what brought you together? Do you remember the things that caused you to stay up and talk for hours? Mm. Do you remember the God things that that brought about to pa- brought to pass the connection of your journeys? Do you remember the things you used to do? That's good. You see, you left your first love, but remember therefore from where you fallen, and then he says repent and do the first works. 
And, and I was looking at this word repent. I didn't really see this word that way before. But when I'm in a position of repentance, I'm in a position of submission. Do you see that? Wow. So remember where you've fallen. I don't believe not one of us in here, we can all grow. And that's what's amazing about our walk with God in this life of Christianity and a marriage relationship is we always have room to grow and go higher and higher. We grow from one degree of glory to the next. We grow from faith to faith, strength to strength. I want to, I want to be stronger in this. I want us to be stronger together. I want to be stronger in every area of my life. But he says, he goes, you left your first love, but remember from where you've fallen. Remember the things that you may have let let go of. And he says, repent, submit, surrender, and do the first works. Now, now when I first thought of this, I, I've always taught this that, okay, do the first works. What were the first works? Okay, it's the things you, you did before, which, which we talked about that, and that's needful. How many people agree yeah. that you, you need, you, you, it's needful? You need to do the things that, that if you won her in, in a certain way and you were dating her to begin with, then you should still be dating her now. It shouldn't be something that all of a sudden, hey, we're married and, you know, it's life. No. Who wants that? No one. So, so, so we had that part, but then the Lord said, I want you to look up the word first works. And this is what the word first works means. It says the thing that is foremost in time, in place, in order and importance. It's the chiefest. (laughs) The most important. It's the most important, the, the foremost thing. The most important thing. Do that. For this moment. For whatever the situation is. This moment right now. What's the foremost Foremost. thing that I need to do? What do I do to. to, If if I've left my first love. I repent and I do. What's the most important thing? And you could say. Oh it's taking on her date. Or it's doing this. Or it's buying her flowers. And and all those things are great. Be led men. Women be led. But what's the foremost? That's mm, good. The word. This is the foremost. That's so good. This is the foremost. Yes. Bringing the word into the forefront. That's so good. The word is what is needed. Be willing to bring the word. Into your marriage relationship. Amen. That's good. Well, you know, some people say, well, she has her devotional time and I have my devotional time. That's great. That's great. And I wish I could say that seven days a week, Annette and I talk the word to each other. I mean, well, we, it's we, fun we, when we do. Yeah, I mean, but, because, well, I, but I, I want to be better at that too. I want to be intentional at that. That's good. I mean, we do it. But it, it, it's we get busy and, and those things that, that word it's it's an ugly word busy, mm-hmm. but it should never take place of the value of the strength of this relationship right. because right. this together can do so much more than what I can do by myself. When Annette came into my life, and this is this I'm I'm this I'm speaking when Annette came into my life, the anointing on my life got stronger. When Annette came into my life, I could teach like I couldn't teach before. So you will be so much stronger when you can tap in to not just the anointing for your own life, but also the anointing that's found within your wife and vice versa. And And then another thing else in the foremost Bringing worship together, bringing worshiping together as a practice. Yeah, you have your worship time in church. What do I encourage you? Put on a worship song. Turn the TV off, put on a worship song. And just sit back in the presence of God together. And let the peace of God come. Into your bedroom. Let the peace of God come into your living room. Turn on YouTube and put on a worship, a, a, a worship video, and worship together. 
Wow. Amen. What could happen in our church setting if we were worshiping together as a unit? Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a cheesy thing. Mm-mm. It's not a it's not. Oh, Pastor, you're just weird. I don't know what. No, it works. You hear from God. You get peace. You start praying for things. You yeah, interceding and ministering, mm-hmm. ministering to each other. Yeah. This I believe what's on the foremost of God's heart. For us as a church family is repent for tonight, meaning submit and surrender to God, to each other, and bringing his presence, his word into the midst of this church. Mm, That's good. Into this body, because it's one. Hallelujah. This is a church body, and yeah, I desire one oneness and unity. But it's like if we can't get oneness here, <laughs> if we got people in disunity at home, right. it's 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 yeah. also going to be difficult to find unity here. It's the truth. Mm. Stand mm. to your feet. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hand me my phone, Andy. This came up in my heart. And thank you, Father. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm going to turn on a worship song and just... Put your arm around your spouse. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes,
Father. Thank you, Father, for your presence in the center of this union. Amen. You were in the center of it the day we said, I do. Yes, Lord. And I thank you that you are just as much or more in the center of it today. I want you to minister to each other. Just pray. Just pray for each other. Husbands, go ahead and pray for your wives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that Lord, I just thank you for just an increased anointing. Yes. Increased anointing yes, in her life, Father. Father. Thank you, Father. That she's stepping into and has yes, stepped in Jesus. Thank you, Father. I draw on that anointing. The anointing to prophesy. The anointing to see. The anointing to see. See in the spirit and declare what she sees. And speak what she sees. I thank you for healing in these hands. I thank you, Father, for all of this glory, your goodness. Oh, thank you, Father, that radiates you. I thank you for the heart of the Father that pours out of her, Father, in such an amazing, extraordinary way, Father. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you that she's anointed for 2023. Thank you, Father. She's anointed, Father. Lord, and I thank you that she's healed and whole from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I thank you, Father, for the anointing on my wife, Lord. I thank you for healing in her body. And wives, pray of your husbands.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for every marriage in this place. And Father, I thank you for healing where there's where there's been hurts. Amen. Thank you, Father, for reestablishing trust where it's been broken. That's right. Thank you, Father, for just the love of God to abound more and more in their marriage union and in their homes. Thank you, Father, for just your peace that's in this place. And I thank you for the confidence. I thank you for the confidence knowing that as we follow you, as we submit to your word, as we operate and submit under your presence, Father, I thank you, Lord, that we will have a successful marriage. Amen. We will have a great marriage. Thank you, Lord. We make that choice. Amen. To put you in the foremost. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For these marriages going stronger and stronger, higher and higher, the year of the maximum. <laughs> Amen. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Ooh. You receive this tonight. Glory to God. Do you enjoy this tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. believe we have two more of these um, between now and I think August. And then... Um, We'll be doing another Jimmy Evans Marriage on the Rock uh, class in probably September as well. Um, but we know we love you and believe in you and praying for you and believing that we're growing stronger and stronger. Amen. Amen. I encourage if you're not, I encourage you as a couple get involved with the Thrive Group and um, where you can build, other rela- build relationships with other uh, couples. If you're a Thrive Group leader, just lift your hands where you are. Some over here, some back there. Get plugged in, and, and that way, when things arise in life, you, you have someone else that you can you can connect with and saying, "Hey, we, we we want our marriage stronger. We want, and that's what we do. Iron, iron sharpens iron. You know, we need each other. Don't don't let the enemy don't let the enemy isolate you or think that you're the only one that's having ever had marriage problems or not getting along or, or whatever. No, the enemy is the enemy. And the thing is, is the moment that you expose him, the moment he's defeated. That's it. Amen. And, um, and we win. We're heritage of faith, and we make winners in life. And, uh, and we believe that your marriage is going to get stronger in 2023 like it never has before. So we love you. Thank you all for taking out part of your, your Saturday evening to be with us and us to share our hearts. I love you. I love you. Tell your spouse you love them. <laughs> Give them a kiss. Now tell them, go give him Jesus. Go give him Jesus. <laughs> if you're going to the youth thing next door, we'll see you over there. <laughs>